Maybe maybe we can start off with that. Like, what's what's what? I mean, what are our opinions on Mindanao now? Oh <laughs> yeah, not... yeah yeah yeah. Given that you've been visiting quite a bit, Raf, it would be nice to like bounce some ideas off. What yeah, that's visit. true. It'd be it'd be nice. Cause I, well, I I definitely love the place. Um, I do see its potential for it. There's so many kind people in that area, but it's also misunderstood. Like, and that's just scratching the surface of mi- what misunderstood means, <clears throat> right? I don't how know. So, Go ahead. How so? Like, how so? Like, misunderstood in what sense? I've been to Mindanao, but I mean, I feel I haven't been there long enough to understand, like, the culture. Well, you know, I think like four years ago, I, I celebrated my birthday in Davao. Cause I had enough friends to like kind of throw a party, nice. and it's nice. They like brought me in. They were all from there. They showed me around uh, because I'm there every. I, I stayed there like four or five days at the time, and um, I don't know, one of the things that is very interesting is that they. Uh, I think the Visayans and the Mindanaoans uh, look at Manila as Imperial Manila all the time, and mm-hmm. I, I don't blame them. The rules are different in in Mindanao. The weather's different in Mindanao. <laughs> Even stuff like climate resiliency rules and like your funding, it's not, it's not, it, it doesn't have to be the same in everything. Not everyone has to prepare for a storm in this country. Yeah. In the same way, right? Mm-hmm. And so like mm-hmm. if your funds are stuck somewhere and you see people hungry, you're like, what? Like, you're not smart up there. You should do it. Yeah. Yeah. At the same time, like it's just, the culture's so rich and so the tribes there also have different like there's a different balance of power. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. Most definitely. No? Because there is the structural powers, of course, through government, and there are the uh, ones who really drive society, I would say, and like uh, influence people more. That's whether true. Be, whether they're IPs or uh, people who have just been there long before uh, assemblymen became congressmen. True, true. And it's weird though, because you have like, you're the cultural datu, and sometimes there's a separate mayor, right? Mm-hmm. And then in some places, it's like the sultan and like, yep. A, yep. a government official. Like, who do you follow? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like uh, Marco Polo in the dark with a blindfold. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's so Magula Segura there, no? I, I think so. Uh, it's part of it, but. I think part of the definitely Manila has the, the the management in Manila has a lot of shortcomings also. Like it's the first time development money is really going down there, right? And like they're very happy for it. You definitely want to balance out the development there and here, just because like we're already oversaturated here. In the definitely. So, yeah, agreed. I remember we went to like Bukid Non a couple of years ago to film a documentary. And then we went to the Perrain farm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then they kind of like talked about the the, the tribes that they're helping out, that they have like livelihood programs with. Um, is it the same thing in like Davao or like what, what's happening with, with other places you visit in Mindanao? Um, well, I got the chance to go around um, Zamboanga. Um, I, I, was in, I, I would visit the Perrains every year in Bukidnon because they were like Tito John and Tito Rene were the ones teaching reforestation and they, they would coach me through how to especially Tito John how to like build rapport with the communities and just to be patient uh, yeah. in these things right in Davao sometimes I feel like it's it's similar to Quezon City but much bigger yeah really? much, much bigger it's the biggest city in the Philippines really yeah. I didn't know that yeah. yeah it's huge oh my goodness like, they have like a giant a long bridge that uh, kind of goes around the side of the city and then you can get from one place to another. Yeah, but the food's so cheap. Food's oh yeah, so Bulkachon. <laughs> yeah. Because I only went to Davao City then to Mati Street. Like, oh, not, Mati's beautiful too. Yeah, Mati's beautiful. But never got to spend time in the city though. Ah, I see. The people are nice. I, I think what, what, I'm, what I'm missing a lot is like there's so many honest people in Davao. People on the street, the cab drivers. It's just... They're so nice. You feel safe. Yeah, you feel safe for sure. It's so safe. It feels so safe. I mean, it's like a food basket, right? So all this climate change, the water patterns, if they lose one rainy season, they really feel it. 
and it, it's so different. Like um, farmers could uh, could plant three times a year and harvest three times a year on zero irrigation just because it rained regularly. But as the logging continued, then now it's just twice a year that you can plant. So imagine you just lose to one third of your of your sales automatically. Yeah. Yeah. I actually remember like when we drove from Mati to Lanusa, grab the like I would I, I remember seeing a lot of mountains na were totally just kalbo. Like, yeah. Right, exactly, exactly. Check out the rivers, man. You'll see all the logs there. I guess there's like local politics, family feud in some of the towns. There's also geopolitics involved, right? I mean, we were purchased as a colony for a reason. And one of those reasons was lumber. It's like there are a lot of uh, factors in play that seems really complicated. That yeah, doesn't, have, also, doesn't yeah. have a simple solution. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. I wish it did, but we're barely even scratching the surface. You know, I've been spending like a lot of time in uh, this lockdown trying to think because it, it hit uh, two of my main businesses really hard. It's Circle Hostel and Mad Travel, so down to zero because there's no travel, right? And so I started to ask like, why, what do I want to do? Because I was very travel driven before, but like it's shifted very much into like, I really want to help change this country, right? And I've had the privilege to like get to meet great minds like the Perines or like work um, with some of the founders of Gawad Kalinga and with some other um, development orgs. And somehow they all seem to agree um, <clears throat> without speaking to each other that there is a lack of people with integrity who mm-hmm. are willing to like step up and like take the, take the reins, right? Yeah. So we, it's easy to find honest people but it's hard to find honest people who are willing to like take that responsibility. I feel like the integrity part, it's so, I've been reading a lot of like these, uh, there are these like Instagram pages now. One, it's called Dating Pilipinas. And it's sort of like, uh, like basically like this, um, they, they, they uh, create posts based on like tribes and like what happened during the Spanish occupation, the American occupation. You know, like Philippine history, but in bite-sized, like, mm-hmm. form. And they were talking a lot about the, you know, like, how the Philippines was shaped. And, I mean, the way the, the hierarchy with the Spanish and then Nagulopa the, the with the Japanese and the Americans. And then what I found, pa, apparently, um, in Mindanao, like, they were, like... Uh, they were conquered by like even like if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, but like the Germans, the French, the British, and the British conquered the Philippines for like a week or something. But yeah. I don't think Mindanao was ever conquered. Monk, that's the thing. Mindanao was yeah, never yeah, conquered. Yeah, I they don't tried, think Mindanao was. But ever they were conquered. never conquered though. So parang yep. it's just kind of interesting. I mean, now I'm only so thinking of this now. and Cebu, man. Like sure, <laughs> like um, Mindanao is basically like just like. No, we're not gonna take it in the ass, but like Luzon yeah. is like, we're just gonna take it all the time. Like, <laughs> yep, give me yep. more, give me more. <laughs> oh, right? Man. I mean, it's fucking crazy. It's- I think it was just really also super underdeveloped in Mindanao, even for those days when yeah, the Americans dude. were here and when the Japanese, because even the Japanese couldn't do it, they tried. What makes them, but I didn't see, because there wasn't a lot of detail about why they were never conquered. I mean, was it their, were they that sophisticated in terms of like the military or like warfare? They just knew the land. Guerrilla they warfare. knew the land. They knew, okay, yeah, they okay. knew the land. They knew the mountains. They knew where to pass to get to from point A to point B faster than military knew. And they were, the I guess, that sophisticated, right? Was that, sophis- mm. was that like strategic? I mean, uh, I can honestly say, it was partially strategic, especially during World War II. Because my, uh, my mom's grandfather is really from uh, the Zamboanga region. So during the war, though, uh, they would really be guided by people through the mountains, through the forest, to get from different places whenever there would be attacks by the Japanese. Zamboanga del Norte is on the tip, right? Northwesternmost tip. So it's easy to get there from Negros. You can even get there from Cebu or Bohol. And during the war, the Japs were pretty much all over Visayas and Luzon already. Yes. And how about you, Raf, with Mad Travel? You're working with uh, 
with the Aitas, right? The IP, what, mm -hmm. what other tribes? Ba? Mm, I, we had the chance to work with some Dumagat uh, communities because they're, they're the ones easily accessible from Luzon. But um, we, we've always had that dream of like working with people farther down south or further up north. But I, I guess traveling to them is not the... It's not easy because it's logistically challenging, right? The the stories are there. Um, I remember with Mad Travel uh, and and Circle that like we we did the tribes and treks reforestation program and tour. Um, when we kicked it off, um, I went to the Perine. I went to Tito John, and I was like, I was like, what you guys are doing is amazing. You're reforesting this area. You're building it with coffee. Found a way to give meaningful livelihood while restoring the environment to a way that is beneficial for all. Uh, can you teach me? Right? And he said, I can teach you, but you need to bring, you can't do it on your own. You have to bring your team and the Aitas here. Right? And so it's like, okay. So when I went back to Manila and then to Zambales, I started talking to the Aitas about it. And they, they obliged. So we, we flew three chieftains and one pastor down to Bukidnon. And we were there for like, Five days we hung out with the Talandig with the see Wawai of Sawai of and um like Vincent John showed us around, showed how their methodology for reforestation. And I remember uh when the one of the Aita chieftains, Erese, he saw Wawai for the first time, right? And they looked at each other and then Wawai said, Kilala kita Why are you here? No? <laughs> Interesting, no? And it's, then he's like, "Hi, how you?" No, at the state, they started talking, right? and it was, you know, it's like long lost brethren. They have a similar storyline. They're not respected. Their rights aren't respected. Their culture is, we don't understand it because we don't know it, right? I mean, the most I think we've seen in an Ateneo, Araling Panglipunan book is like two paragraphs about Aitas in a picture, black and white. Oh, yeah, yep. yeah. <laughs> right? And it was just, just memorize this part. Memorize this part, and that's all you need to know. Yeah, yeah. that's tribal culture. I'm like, no, it's not. Fuck, no. that's like... Yeah, ah. no, it's really frustrating, man. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I was telling Snap that I have a friend. Um, she, she's from the Kalinga tribe, the man. But she's mm. based in Manila already. And parang, like, she'd always make me cuento about, like, the inner circle and the parang Kalingas and now they're still tribal warfare and the government kind of just leaves them to settle their their differences and it's just I mean it's super cool because like I don't know of a lot of countries in the world that have this kind of like subculture that's basically our origin culture and I that's think true. And, yeah. I, and I feel like parang if we adapted most of their practices I think we would be a, a lot more holistic and probably a lot ha so. happier too so I, I don't know, man. Like that's why parang it's so frustrating. That's why me, I really want to learn more about the tribes. I don't know much about them, but at the same time, like I'm a big fan of Native American, like reading about Native American history, and it seems like there are a lot of intersections to the with like the tribes here in the Philippines. I I agree. Like you guys should. I mean, we should hang out with some of the Aita Aita friends I have in Subic. That's the easiest one. Yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. They're cool. Um, we even brought, um, you know, Gallery by Chele? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Chef Chele came over and he was like, they, they were cooking together. And stuff. Oh, wow. That's cool. Nice. Uh, so, and then he got some ingredients from them after. So, um, the, the, yeah, I, the, their foods, they're an interesting bunch. You know, uh, I remember with uh, one of the elders in Subic, I wanted, I told her, because I like, Ate, uh, I want to, I know, I'm here to help, right? And she said, you know, if kung nandito ka lang para tumulong at wala kang kapalit, hindi ako maniniwala sa'yo. And it's like, really? Sabi niya, oh, kasi it's not sustainable, right? If you, if you get, if I get something from it, dapat ikaw din, di ba? And I was Value like, exchange. Yeah, this, yeah. this lady, like, understands, like, partnership and sustainability much better. Wow. Right? And it, it's nice because she didn't have that beggar's mindset, right? You know how, mm -hmm. um, in the Philippines, right? We're taught to work hard, study hard, get a good job, or like just just create wealth for yourself, right? And then uh, duty as a citizen, give to charity or whatever. That's the storyline, right? But that storyline reinforces people 
at the bottom to beg. Yeah. And that that will never get us out of it, right? And and, yeah. and that's kind of like what we've like what uh, we're fighting for with Mad Travel. Like that's why we want you to. It's nice that you get to, that people get to meet the different communities, but not as a object of charity, but you as their visitor or guest of honor, and and as their equal. Uh, very very different dynamic because they have so much to teach. I remember <clears throat> the first time we were supposed to do a tour in. We did a tour in Zambales, and we pulled it off successfully. Uh, we're supposed to pay the chief then, as he uh, a couple of, I don't know, three, four thousand pesos um, for the community, you know, uh, because they, we brought twenty people. We, they ate. We rented a carabao and a couple of guides, and he refused the cash outright. And I was like, Chief, why? It was in my head. It's like he's poor. He has no electricity. Why is he refusing my the money, which is supposed to be at the basis of our partnership? Because I want to empower him. And he's like, "Kasi, um, tignan mo tong lupain ni Nuno namin, tatlong libong hektarya na nakatiwangwang. Kung bigyan mo ako ng pera, baka magastos ko lang sa load, sa kape, na 3-in-1, o sa sigarilyo. Hindi naman yan matapakinabangan ng matagal. So I was like, Sige, Chief, so what do you want? And then he's like, kung babalik ka, magdala ka na lang ng buto o binhi. Kasi, uh, yung binhi, kahit nakawin, itatanim pa rin yan at makikinabang yung mga anak ko at yung ako ko. And I was like, wow, this guy is like Filipino Yoda. Yeah. Or something. Woke as fuck. Yeah. That's kind of been the basis for like the, the ethos. Like, we're like, it's from charity to sustainability or like, Money is not the only value we trade yeah. in society. Like there's skills barter. You were talking exactly. about it in one of your empowerment. Stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To what you're saying, we actually talked to some of the IPs now. We haven't spoken to any of the chieftains. I've spoken to one pastor. Mm. Uh, okay, naman so far. But uh, like you said, they're not looking for something quick. They're not looking for a quick buck. They're looking for something that could either provide value for them over the long term or something that they believe they would have a stake in moving it's forward. It yeah. is definitely better. I, I got the chance to go to New Zealand and the Maori there, mm-hmm. man, like the way they did their tour was exactly like the chieftains here would do their herbal medicine tour. Like they, they define every part of the tree and every living thing they see. Except one is in English, the other is in Filipino, right? But the Maori, because they had the benefit of being able to like attend school, he was like mixing it with blockchain and wow. like um, you know the best of science and the best of culture combined. Because I, I I really feel like the best of culture and the best value system is like with these elders, like the guys in Kalinga. I I was able to visit there two or three times. That, that amazing culture. It's a sad reality that it's eroding because the children are looking towards Manila, right? Yeah, yeah and. Yeah. Becoming engineers and lawyers. That's what one of the guys was saying. Parang our kids don't want to farm as much as before. Cause, uh, well, I, there's value in both, I would say. But definitely the value on the indigenous practices is super below what it should be. Like, uh, that's true. We definitely have a lot to learn from the elders. There's no question about that. And the pattern, I remember seeing like some posts online about like, these like they're like this is council of uh, grandmothers and it's part of like, the Native American tribes in I think North America and, and basically I mean it's what we know naman eh. like they're talking about how nature is already you know like basically unleashing its wrath because we're not taking care of the place and I feel like parang the values of like the IPs go against um, the I guess the main driver of economies, diba? of government, of personal wealth. I mean, like it's kind of strange that we went to Ateneo wherein the freaking mantra is uh, man for others, others, but it's always man first, us first, then others when there's enough money or when you're retired. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. It's frustrating. Oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. But, but I guess we have that opportunity to change the narrative from man for others as charity to man for others as oh, totally, a man. sustainable totally. partnership or something. Totally, right? totally. We've kind of pivoted in MAD Travel to uh, MAD Courses, which is basically online learning for um, 
for students, right? Uh, universities. And, and um, what we plan to do once we're able to travel a little bit more is that we'd like the elders to be the teachers. Wow. Right? And that would be Sounds interesting. Sounds amazing, um, yeah. We, we had the opportunity to do it just once before in British School Manila. Uh, one wow. of the teachers there is a friend and he asked me to, can you bring the chieftain over to give a speech? So I was like, sure. So we found a way to get one chieftain down. He came to British School Manila and he told the story. I was a translator. And then the teacher asked the kids to try to solve the problems of the chieftain. Which was, we don't have, like, we're poor, we've got a lot of land. It was nice because the kids came up with the idea of seeds, uh, which is exactly what the chieftain <laughs> asked for, right? And then their field trip was to go to Zambales and visit him after. That's, That's so cool. cool. After, That's so cool. Right? I, I, I really think that, I mean, it would be a treat, right? If rather than reading it in a book, somebody actually came over. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, there's so much in terms of, like, how they have to be treated. And I, I saw that with, let's say, uh, with... I saw that in some of my mentors, like in GK or with um, in Ilaban, like they would treat people in the community with utmost respect, like absolutely equal. Sometimes I feel like even higher, you know? There's a strong lesson of humility there that us in the city, we kind of have to be reminded of it sometimes. It's the gateway to us learning about the past and the reality on the ground now. I don't know, it's not perfect. It's like that to Mindanao. I agree with you completely. Like Nikki's heard me say that so many times. We have to understand the past to know what's happening in the present so we can plan for the future. Like I'm a firm believer in that. I call it the information gap. Parang there's such a gap from when we uh, were purchased in the Treaty of Paris. On the Paris. And like andaming andaming kulang. <laughs> you have to read it on your own, eh, diba? Like, like you have, or experience it on your own. If you try to learn it in school, it just won't happen. You won't get all the beats. That's true. That's true. It's kind of ironic, Ren. Like, parang, I mean, I guess it's only based on my, um, I mean, literally social media feeds. And uh, I see a lot of my friends from the States were Phil Am. Hmm. And grab uh, their passion eh, for like... Uh, Filipino pride, you know, like they're the ones like really creating like movements and gatherings to like have a bit of more understanding of the the Philippine culture. And parang they embrace the I don't know if it's politically correct, but the brownness, you know, the way we are and just yeah, be like, proud of it. Be proud yeah. of it, parang, Brown is beautiful. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> beautiful. Pero tangen I mean, what do you see in the billboards? Mga bello whitening, mga like it's really it's post-colonial mentality. That's that's a stage we're in now. That's what the Taraf's point. We have to figure out how to kind of transition from that into something a little bit more us. So what can yeah. we do? Like what I mean, I guess like Raf, what are your I mean, what are your ideas like moving On forward? That. Like I mean, in our lifetime, what do you think we'll we be able to see? Well, what what's clear now versus let's say ten years ago is that there's a large there's a there's a movement of of um, change makers that are trying to make their way into the into the economic and political scene that have a different understanding of things right you've got politicians who are who have more integrity but there are ways to go from running for president anytime soon um, and you've also got like brands that don't use um, white models uh, like um, human nature does and they're, nice. they're pretty proud about it and, and they're they're big enough that they're already on the they're, they're on the competitor screen of like some of the larger skincare companies and they're dead serious about really giving Filipinos something uh, pretty good no? it has to start with us right it starts with our pocket how we spend yeah, yeah exactly. um, how we choose our career even for us like we've got um, a program project now called um, Mad Market and it's my, my first time to like try to go straight into agriculture like head on it's not agritourism it's straight up fruits and vegetables right nice, and, nice. Uh, we do door to door deliveries within uh, Metro Manila I'm, I'm focused mostly on Quezon City we try to leverage the relationship we have with different farmers and what I see is that if we started treating farmers like business partners and we would plan with them, like instead of going to them and say, hey, do you have tomatoes? It's like, hey, what are you planting next year? Give me your, your annual plan. 
I bet they have it eh, because they follow the the seasons. Eh. Crop pattern. Oh, they yeah. have a crop pattern already. If they've been a farmer for 20 years, of course they have it. So yep. you just have to write it down and then you program your marketing around that. 30% of our money goes out of the country just for food, right? Uh, and in a time like this, where like all our OFWs are being sent back, our tourism's zero, then it's more important, it's so important that how we spend, you know, we, we, we make it go round and round in this country as, as much as we can, right? Even in Ateneo, when, uh, guys, when we graduated, JG Som did a survey of like the top five brands that people wanted to work for. And back then, the brands were Rotten Gamble, HSBC, Citibank, Unilever, L'Oreal. Right? It's all foreign stuff. In 2012, or four years later, what came out was Rotten Gamble, L'Oreal, HSBC, Rags to Riches, and wow. somehow some social enterprise got on the list. Right? I forgot number five was. But like it's changing. Eh? So um, there's a big... We have, to, we have to spread the word better, which means people have to be better at marketing these things, right? Yeah. Uh, and so we can learn from the, the Philam diaspora in that way. Yeah, no, that's really cool, man. I, I mean, I'm glad to know. I guess it's really just the exposure of it, and especially mm. with, with media now, because bad news is like just, like, it's just the main driver for eyeballs, right? But if we can oh, actually true. create more, I guess, content and just avenues to be able to promote the good stuff. Who is it I was talking to about? Like, I remember somebody telling me that bad news moves really quickly and dissipates really quickly. But good news, progress is super slow. Like, really? It's yeah? hard to pinpoint. Parang you're like, the, but the thing is, what we're doing, like what media does, they leverage the, parang, the, one, the, the news that's fear-based, that's like, that kind of like attacks like the nervous system of people and sound bites. Because, ah, yeah. you know, like, I mean, what it is. people, impressions and sound bites. Yeah. And like the good news is just so, I think I honestly just saw one Instagram page that like is dedicated to like good news. Like, that's, that's yeah, awesome. That'd be nice. But I mean, we need that because like, even the, for me, what's for, and, okay, fine. There is the whole the journalism aspect of being able to uphold the truth. But parang can't we balance it out with some like hopeful stuff? Like instead of good just truth. Like, feeding the monster yeah, and like good truth, man. We need more good truth talaga. Yeah, like, I think that's that's I mean, like honestly, this conversation is like I don't know, like I don't even wanna talk about the pandemic because this is hopeful. Yeah, I don't wanna talk about the pandemic because it's just like <laughs> Thank God. Forget it. No, let's just talk about this. Hopeful yeah, I know. Yeah, you know, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you guys actually did this because it's nice. Eh? Like, uh, you're the first voices in our batch. Yeah, you are. That I've, well, uh, I seen, don't know if we're the most. But thank you, but thank you, man. We appreciate that. We appreciate that. We're, we're trying. We're trying to make up for our sins. Yeah, I watched the first two episodes. <laughs> We didn't have to be people that we weren't. Yeah, we had to. We had to. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, we gotta lay so, the cards out first. <laughs> that's true. No, it's good. It's like, it's like being vulnerable. So it's very real in that sense. And authentic. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, but how about you guys? Like, what, what do you guys see as like opportunities for like addressing, like, you know, for how we change our narrative and, and I guess the reality after? I guess with me, I mean, I'm, I'm coming from like, uh, well, my backgrounds are, are film, I, video production, and I've, been, I've only been in the, I guess, the wellness space for just about two years. So I'm pretty new with, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to know the intricacies and the communities of the wellness industry. And what I love about both is that the communities are solid. Like, everyone likes to help each other. Like even I feel like, especially my generation of um, directors, producers, you know, everyone in that field, I guess they're, they want to help out. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're always down for a conversation. You know, just they share their contacts. And the same way with the even more, I mean, I guess it's different among with the, like the yoga community and the healing community, but 
parang everyone, especially now, everyone's collaborating and there's no, parang, I like how it's not motivated by money. Parang it's motivated by advocacy. Like, parang some of them want to help, like, their certain NGOs or they want to, like, promote, you know, International Yoga Day. And then with production, which is cool, like, creating these crowdfunding um, platforms to be able to help, like, the gaffers, the lightsmen. Because, I mean, it's not the same as before. Even though now it's opened up, you know, there's still not as much work as before. So yeah. I think, I mean, for me, like, I have ideas that have been in the back burner for a long time. Like, I really wanted this. I still want to create, like, a, maybe now it'll have to be online, but, like, sort of, like, a, create, like, a film, basic film school for pe- underprivileged children. And especially tribes people, because I feel like I want to give them the basic skills and sort of mentor them to be able to tell their stories. Because I feel like all I know, all I see are from our circles. Eh. Parang, even if we're from different schools, parang it's still the same story. But what if you get the stories from them, from people who have a very, very unique perspective? And parang to empower them, not to tell a sad story. Maybe tell a sad story, but empower them to tell that sad story. To be able to let people understand that. And I think with the wellness, man, I feel like, I mean, yoga is an ancient practice. And I feel like I would love to be able to learn more from like indigenous tribes that we can share it talaga. Because for me, parang, I think that with the thing with the yoga, I feel like there's something about, because teaching is very new to me now, but I enjoy it more and more because I see that parang, to be able to connect to somebody is just, it's just an experience talaga. And it's, a, it's like a source of fulfillment, a source of like happiness and, and purpose. And I would want that to be like, how do you say this? Like um, shared and to give opportunities to those who, are, who don't have a voice, who are, who are like in the fringes of society. And when they should be in the forefront of society, just what we've been talking about. So me, I'm like just letting things like, Brew, but I think the fact that we're having this conversation now, I think there's going to be a lot of synergy, like moving forward. So yeah, that's where I'm at. I mean, try to marry both, like, like multimedia platforms, social media, um, the wellness industry, and also art. You know, like filmmaking, and not to just commodify them into like an ads and stuff. I don't. For me, tamanen. Let's just try to make more meaningful, um, high impact content. But that's me. Nice. Nice. Oh. That's pretty solid. Yeah, I just thought about that. that. I, just, I just thought about that now, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Top of my head. Top of my head. Yeah. <laughs> but now, noted, it's there. It's in, We've talked about it's yeah. recorded. So there's yes. a... <laughs> yeah. How about you, um, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Uh, well, right now, since I work in renewable energy, I think one of the avenues that uh, there can be an impact for IPs especially is uh, ER1-94. So basically anyone who puts up a power plant in the Philippines has to give a contribution for every kilowatt or for every watt hour generated. There's a contribution that goes to the LGU and as of last year, around January, I think, or February, uh, they included IPs into that. So that's institutional. So that you can't log that as CSR. It's not like that. It's uh, you have to do it. That's interesting. How, how yeah. do how do the IPs access it? Do they need like a proposal? Uh, so what, uh, the power company has to put up an account. It's like a it's like a trust account. So before the way they used to do it with LGUs is that you remit to DOE and DOE releases to the LGU. But the new rules say that uh, the power company creates trust accounts with the IPs and with the LGU. But the release of the money is still subject to having a proper plan. So if, for example, you continue the work you're doing and you're able to help them come up with a structured plan and let's say one or two years down the line, a wind farm or a solar farm comes up, they would have the program in place that just has to be submitted and approved for the funding to be channeled to them directly. 
Oh my God, that's that. So thank cool. you for sharing that. That's useful because we do have a plan. Like the the work I have with the Aitas in Zambales, it's it's like it's signed by the NCIP. It's signed Perfect. by the yeah yeah I, NCIP is the people you gotta be dealing with. Like yeah. we deal with them now. Yeah, the lawyer okay. is very nice to us, and he's telling the Aitas like you'd be crazy not to take this deal because they're not asking for anything <laughs> from your land. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And parang, I think the best way to do it would be not a purchase of land, but just a lease. So they have recurring income from the lease. Mm. And then they would get, again, uh, programmed work to be done. Because the problem is, you can give them a lease, but like the chief said, you give me money, which is likely what would happen. But if they have to follow a program, which is milestone-based, and the release of the funds is based on hitting those milestones, then all of a sudden it becomes a partnership, right? Rather no, than just true. charity. That's true. And, you know, we, um, when we went into lockdown, we launched this fundraiser to... Not really fundraiser. It's like uh, plant a tree today, feed the farmer for tomorrow. Just because we didn't want it to be a straight-out charity. So we're like, just hire them for planting trees. Right? Uh-huh. Just don't just don't give the money, right? And so there's yeah. sweat equity involved. So now there's like eight thousand seedlings sitting around in the village in Zambales, which is which is nice, right? There's some there's yeah, some that, value there. And we, we, we did do that program. You release it bit at a time. Galeng. That's the way to do it, man. You're doing you're doing good work. I'd love to go with you one time. I go yeah. like every other week, honestly. Well let's go. Can I go? Can I go? You get your authority to travel, Nikki. Video, 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 video. Authority to travel. You, yeah, that's I, I will I will find authority to travel, jeez. But let's right, find all, that. You need, find all you need is medical clearance from your barangay and then you go that. to your yeah, you go to your city uh, PNP office and then uh-huh. you submit uh, with a letter requesting for uh, permission from the PNP chief to leave and more often than not if it's for work they don't even bat an eyelash like they'll process it for one or two days then you're good to go oh there we go it's work but is it a one time uh, is it a one time thing or you need to always no every time you go you have to do that Damn. it's really meant so that people are restricted ah, so, from moving because yeah. it's COVID remember yeah, as yeah, much yeah. Oh, is as it? much as we don't want to talk about that we went on about that no, 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 no. I, just, I, just I refuse to, to talk about this. I just <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make Quento now because of you, Snap. This is you. Oh my God! Your fucking go. conscience voice was on my head. I was supposed to go to La Union tomorrow. Like my friend had a pass, no. and then yeah. I agreed yesterday. But for some reason, Snap's voice appeared in my head and say, "Don't do it." Don't do no, it. Something might come up. Some life. <laughs> okay, I bail. But <laughs> for this, I think Thank for this, God. I think that man, it's for a worthy cause. Yeah, I think oh, yeah, so. Yeah. Especially if we're gonna like really go up to the IPs. That's pare. Hindi mo basta basta magagawa yun. I think pwede. You know, Nikki, I was gonna say um, um, earlier because I I was asking about the story. You know, because when you look at the country, like. When people graduate from college, the story there's like but we're we know this we're all driven by the story of our culture, right? Yep. And the story of our, at least where where we grew up is like there's a, there's a path, right? Yeah, there's a path. Um, yeah. And right now, I mean, ever since um, I started pushing more for social entrepreneurship, like I'm very determined to like show people that there is a different path to your fortune. Whether that fortune is, it, it's a combination of like your fulfillment, your financial needs, uh, having fun, right? Because, like, I remember tour guiding one time at Enchanted Farm, and uh, it was bank bankers on the VP of BDO, and they were so happy, like, oh, Iho, it's so great you're um, devoting your life to like countryside development and trying to help these villages. One lady asked, Pero Iho, if you mind me asking, how much do you earn? Because she understood that. My son, her son or her daughter might be attracted to the career, but you know, you're a parent, you want what's yeah. best for your child, right? And so you kind of have to lay out that groundwork so that you can have a sustainable life and, and do something that the world needs also, right? And um, I, I keep saying this in some of the programs where I get to speak, like capitalism as a concept is missing. It's not, I don't think it's wrong. I just think it's missing a, 
it's not measuring everything properly, right? It's it's forgot it's forgotten the environmental inputs, which mm-hmm. um, your career is now kind of like takes into account, right? Yeah, it's 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 tough. I mean, when I first started in Aria, I was working Monday to Saturdays. Ah, oh, jeez. But then, yeah, Chinese. So I was with them for a while. And company though, asila yung rural electrification, off-grid solar. Uh, they installed uh, more than 3,000 off-grid solar home systems in the oh, rural wow. parts of the Philippines. I see. Wow. And then uh, I moved to Ayala to try utilities again. <laughs> and uh, I learned a lot. Uh, it's still a bit challenging, but it's it's good work. And I really I enjoy it. I really enjoy it. Mindanao was an eye-opener, man. When I had to experience half-day brownouts, <laughs> almost it's like oh, 1991 <laughs> and that was already 2010 till 2016 I, I I was appalled like I was like oh my god and it wasn't even because there was a shortage of supply right if you look at the papers on a daily basis Mindanao has a net surplus of electricity it's just that the lines can't handle more load mm, I see and, Damn, so, so it's these stories that have to come out eh? and I guess that I, I was thinking Nikki that's really like the like that's the like low hanging fruit right in front of you because you're such a good storyteller in that sense that oh, thanks, like we, we don't we don't get enough of these things out like I see yeah. a lot of like chefs doing like stuff with their food but yeah. like yeah, the story yeah. of the people behind it like I, I've always wanted to like kind of it's a film or a book or a podcast about like it's just chieftains and millennials. That's it. That's the premise. That's cool. That would be cool. Make that that happen, would be Make cool. I will support you on that. That's a really great yeah. idea. It's a really great yeah. idea. Why and yeah, and it would be nice if they could or not. I'll share with you one story. The 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 si Ate Erlinda in Pataan. So she's the main. She's our main another contact there. Um, she was saying that when she was growing up. Um, She's half kasi, half Aita, half, I think Tagalog or Ilocano. But she's got all the curly hair, the, the whole, all the features are with her. She's just, a, she's a bit taller than most of the other women. And um, when she was young, uh, she went to public school in Bataan. And um, there's one day she was, she went to school and uh, people were making fun of her curly hair. So that's kind of, you can imagine, that's kind of bad already in a grade school setting. You're like nine, yeah. ten years old, right? But it got worse because apparently her teacher, when she was starting to sing the national anthem, her teacher cut her mouth and said, you can't sing. You're an Aita. And I was like, holy cow. That's, that's ridiculous. That's crazy. That's that up. is so, so Right? So there's, there's, she, she, racism is real for her and it's in our own country. Right? And um, I, I hear sometimes from some of the guys, like, sir, pag nasa jeep, and you pass money. It's like the driver will ask, "Oh, ilang tao?" So the answer is, uh, "Limang tao, dalawang aita." It's like, what's the? Why is there a diff? Right? Tao pa din yun. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know? That's crazy, like, man. So, so there the really is that, eh? and it's our relationships with them that are the best way to break that stereotype. Because that mm-hmm. stereotype was driven either by media or by the misunderstanding fear or misunderstanding. Right? But Nikki, like you have a friend from Kalinga, that. Yeah, that relationship makes it real, and that's it does. It does, man. And I oh. and I think it's so important because we need that perspective. It's eh? a especially like I guess where in the world we live in here in Manila, parang we just. I mean, snap knows this. Like I always tell him, like a lot of the conversations we have with families and friends from Ateneo or whatever are like about business, about money. About basketball, basketball, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not shitting on them, but like for me, oh man, we, we all live that life. Can we talk about something <laughs> else, man? Can we talk about something else? Yeah. No, but, I understand. But I guess to Raf's point, that that's why, uh, again, using film as a medium yeah. that can show people how the itas live and how some of the things that they know could help us live more sustainable lives or at, at the very least more in touch with the true reality. Yeah. Right? Like, 
for me kasi I don't think I don't think we'll have a problem getting stories I guess my concern coming from I guess the production advertising industry is is parang for me sayang sayang if people can't see them like if you create this amazing film or this amazing series and you don't have a platform that can get people to watch them and provoke them parang what's the point that's so where my travel would come in. Yeah, that's where my travel would come in. So I feel in like you of. need to strategize. It's all about strategizing. Sure. Talaga, diba? I mean, Who's that's the... interesting host we can get? Uh, <laughs> Derek Ramsey? Snap's <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> friend? Snap's friend? I mean, that's for like, sure eyeballs. <laughs> oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Grabe, dinudumog talaga siya ng tao. Diba? Diba? Really, huh? Yeah. Oh, we have to be careful nice that guy. we don't want yeah. them to move in. Eh. Yeah. Well, I guess if we're going to an IP community, it would be a little bit. Uh, it won't be as congested, right? Oh no, it won't definitely. Yeah. Even even some, the towns in Sambales, hindi hindi siya dense. Maganda yung pagkagawa ng mga centro, like the the. Yeah. Uh, it's called either Poblacion or uh, Barangay Centro, de ba? Madalas yung. Uh, yeah. They're not, they're not like all stuck together yet. So hopefully it doesn't happen <laughs> where they're all stuck together with like buildings. But man, Rap, you live in the life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. You're like the, the blessed one. <laughs> no, let's all work together. We can all start doing stuff together. That's uh, what we're trying to do, honestly. I mean, it doesn't work with just one or two handfuls of people it has to be groups and groups of people all kind of working together somehow yeah, that's true. none of us have figured it out like let's yeah, i won't pretend true. like we've figured yeah, it out yeah, but don't tell exactly. one step at a time and like we just have to keep reinforcing positive action exactly exactly you were going to say something nikki no yeah i mean like i guess like raf i'm i'm curious about like it's clearly you found purpose you found passion like uh, and it's it's I know it's a lot of work, but like what dry what what else? How do you keep things like uh, balanced? You know, like with like um, in terms of like work life work life balance, I guess, or has it blurred? Na talaga? like it's it's it is life. Hand well, in hand. it's a no. It came in phases, and like uh, like we we used to go surfing, right? Yeah, yeah. For and and it came through that first phase of like just falling in love with the countryside and the life there. And then I got challenged because somebody said, your business is nothing because it doesn't help anyone else. I was like, what? <laughs> I got so challenged. Yeah, and then I yeah. saw other people our age or younger or even foreigners showing that um, they, they were doing, trying to do something for this country. Like I got a tour in Bulacan and it was one of my friends, Fabian Forte, who's French. And he gave a goddamn good tour of Bulacan. And I was like... <laughs> This is embarrassing. <laughs> He's a French guy. <laughs> he can barely speak Tagalog. <laughs> and his English is, you know, 50-50. But not really good. But like, why? It shouldn't be this way, right? We have missed out on really connecting with people. Maybe because um, there's so many stereotypes here, right? Like, um, oh, they're poor or they're not as educated. But they're also very rich in, in, in lessons and values. It definitely blurred because after that, I went almost like full volunteer for like a year, two years in Enchant Farm uh, in Bulacan after like going through Circle um, in Zambales and La Union. And then my city life just evaporated. Like no more Ateneo games. I used to be perfect on like UAB games. That was me. <laughs> we all used to watch those games. Oh, man. <laughs> And then yeah, after that, no more. I'm just I'm at the beach, and then later on, two years later, I'm at the farm, or I'm in nice. someone's um, I'm in the mountain, and yeah, it's like um, I feel lucky. Like I've I've kind of found that that purpose and drive earlier because I talked to some of the older guys who are ahead of us, and like they're already in their 60s, 70s, and like you can feel that. I mean, I wish that I, like they were younger. Mm. You do so much. Yeah, right? yeah. It's it's a hard balance to be honest. It's the the city never seems quite the same again until uh, this lockdown, and I kind of realized how nice the city can be. It's it fun. can be, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really nice. 
really so, nice. It resembles like a province, which it kind of is. It's just that that's the noise kind of like yeah, slurs yeah, yeah. everything, right? And I guess just to the drive, like there's so much injustice in our country, right? And I'm I'm super proud to be Filipino. Maybe because I am I, I I've been exposed to more uh, tribal communities, uh, and then not just tribes like the Ilocanos, the Kapampangans. Like I I try to pick the minds of elders all the time when I get to see them and ask, what is this? How do you speak? Like what are the words? Uh, what's the context? What's your food? Right. And, there's so much to be proud of. I wish people could see that more often because if you're very proud of it, you'll, you'll really fight for it. And um, it's not going to happen unless we do it ourselves. Like, I, we can't wait for the government or anyone else. Like, we have it, the opportunity, your skills. But hey, man, this is the start of something good, I think. Yeah, I yeah, think so yeah. too. I think, I think yeah. there's a reason we're having this conversation. It's just to start the uh, travel start, pass. <laughs> start, the, start this thing. Start... Traveling again and uh, doing good, right? Yep. Yeah, definitely. And like, again, trying to help reinforce these communities and try to get some lessons from them. Because like Raf said, they have so much to teach. Let's fill that gap. Let's yeah. fill those. <laughs> I like that. Let's fill the gap. Yo, Raf, thanks so much, man. That was a... Uh, I'm so glad we didn't talk about the pandemic. We talked about <laughs> <laughs> we keep bringing it up, dude. We keep bringing it up. We'll eventually go back to that. No, but we're, this is it, man. We're, I think, uh, but like, dude, really, this is a great conversation. Really enjoyed yeah, it. Thank, thank you. Thank you.